Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast. We're talking about George Wither. Very rhymy one's not my cup of tea, though. Um, Swim says, Mama Fishy says, they were rhymy and not my cup of Joe. Cup of Joe, hey? Not your cup of Joe. Well then. And has also offered a link. (coughs) The man called Joseph... Why we call coffee a cup of joe? Have you ever wondered why the slang term for coffee is joe? The phrase has been in the, since World War One, but the original term coined by sailors in the Navy was actually a cup of Joseph Daniels. And it was meant as an insult. Joseph Daniels was a secretary of the Navy under President Woodrow. Looking to impose stricter moral standards of naval life, he made changes like increasing the number of chaplains, cracking down on prostitution at naval bases and banning alcohol. Um, this last decision led to the creation of the slang term. As a substitute, stewards increased their purchases of coffee, among other beverages, writes Lee. And Daniel's name, being linked to the daily drink of millions around the world, a cup of coffee became disparagingly known as a cup of Joseph Daniels, and as legend has it, this was soon shortened to a cup of joe. Well, there you go. You're having it instead of a prostitute <laughs> that's my understanding of that um, George Wither though was a prolific English poet pamphleteer satirist and writer of hymns Wither's long life spanned one of the most tumultuous periods in the history of England during the reigns of Elizabeth I James I Charles I the civilian war the parliamentary period and the restoration period Fun anecdote, Withers found himself switching from a previous supporter of King Charles I to the parliamentarian side. He nearly lost his life in one incident, where he was captured by royalist soldiers, but saved by the intervention of Sir John Denham, who declared that, so long as Wither lived, he himself could not be accounted the worst poet in England. (laughs) <laughs> wow, okay He wasn't a very good poet, was he? Not my cup of tea Not my cup of joe um, You wonder why His poems were included In uh, in this book When he was considered The worst poet in England Who's today's poet? That's the question. What do we got here? William Brown of Tavistock. Let's see if William Brown's any better, hey? Born 1588, died 1643. The poem is called A Welcome. Welcome, welcome do I sing. Far more welcome than the spring. He that parteth from you never shall enjoy a spring forever. He that to the voice is near, breaking from your ivory pale, need not walk abroad to hear the delightful nightingale. Welcome, welcome then. He that looks still on your eyes, though the winter have begun, to benumb our arteries, shall not want the summer's sun. Welcome, welcome then. He that still may see your cheeks, where all rareness still reposes, 
is a fool if ever he seeks other lilies, other roses. Welcome, welcome then. He to whom your soft lip yields and perceives your breath in kissing all the odours of the fields never, never shall be missing. Welcome, welcome then. He that question would anew what fair Eden was of old, let him rightly study you and a brief of that behold. Welcome, welcome then. This one's called The Siren's Song. Steer hither, steer your winged pines, all beaten mariners. Here lie love's undiscovered mines, a prey to passengers. Perfumes far sweeter than the best, which make the phoenix earn and rest. Fear not your ships, nor any to oppose you save our lips. But come on shore. Where no joy dies till love hath gotten more For swelling waves our panting breasts Where where never storms arise Exchange and be a while our guests For stars gaze on our eyes The compass love shall hourly sing And as he goes about the ring We will not miss To tell each point he nameth with a kiss Then come on shore Where no joy dies till love hath gotten more This one's called the rose a rose as fair as ever saw the north grew in a little garden all alone a sweeter flower did nature never put forth nor fairer garden yet was never known the maidens danced about it morn and noon and learned bards of it their ditties made the nimble fairies by the pale-faced moon watered the root and kissed her pretty shade but while a day the gardener careless grew, the maids and fairies both were kept away, and in a drought the caterpillars threw themselves upon the bud with every spray. God shield the stock if heaven send no supplies, the fairest blossom of the garden dies. This one's called Song. For her gait, if she be walking, be she sitting, I desire her for her state's sake, and admire her. For her wit, if she be talking, gait and state, and wit approve her, for which all and each I love her. Be she sullen, I commend her, for a modest, be she merry, for a kind one her prefer I. Briefly, everything doth lend her so much grace, and so approve her, that for everything I love her. Memory. So shuts the marigold le her leaves, at the departure of the sun, so from the honeysuckle sheaves the bee goes when the day's done, so sits the turtle when she is but one, and so, all woe, as I since she go is gone, to some few birds kind nature hath made all the summer as one day, which once enjoyed cold winter's wrath, <coughs> excuse me, as night they sleeping pass away, those happy creatures are that know not yet the pain of to be deprived or to forget. I oft have heard men say there be some that with confidence profess the helpful art of memory, but could they each forget but could they teach forgetfulness? I'd learn and try what further art could do to make me love her and forget her too. These ones are epitaphs 
in opitum MSX Mage sixteen fourteen May be thou never graced with birds that sing nor flora's pride. In these all flowers and roses spring mine only died. On the Countess Dowager of Pembroke. Underneath this sable hearse lies the subject of all verse, Sydney's sister, Pembroke's mother, death ere thou hast slain another, fear and learned and good as she, time shall throw a dart at thee. Alright, that's today's poems. Ripper. Awesome. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.